Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Decked Up, a Steam Deck and Gaming and Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, coming at you with another episode. And, you know, we're going to talk about some of the things that have been, you know, some of the videos I've seen from other Steam Deck content creators, some of the clickbait, some of the misleading videos, some of the, you know, the scare tactics, the same that Nintendo is trying to go out of their way to... You know, they they hate the Steam Deck. I've seen a lot of that, and I think it's actually absolutely hilarious. You know, if you buy into any of that, then I don't know what to tell you. You're kind of foolish. It's You, you kind of need to understand that the reason that these uh, creators make these type of, uh, you know, these thumbnails, these titles and the such, they're doing it for a specific reason of they're trying to get, you know, traction. It's clickbait. It's done because if you've got a titilizing or, you know, you know, trying to think of another word but if you've got a title that in accompanying with a video thumbnail that just is eye-catching it's got to be something ludicrous it gets you to click on the video and watch it and i've seen a lot of that lately and i i, I definitely want to talk about that and some other steam deck stuff as well but you know before we dive into it before i open the uh the campfire and start roasting other creators for the clickbait um, and I know people roast me for, you know, the faces I do. We all got to do what we got to do. We got to eat, right? Uh, before we dive into any of that, if y'all are watching this podcast in video format on YouTube, make sure you like the video, sub, comment, share it around, all that good stuff. And if you're listening to it in audio format, then, you know, leave a rating, comment, interact with the polls that we put out and such. So before we do all of that, I know if uh, I, I want to mention something, because I'm probably audio wise, I sound different. And if I do sound different, it's because I'm using a completely different laptop. Over the weekend, my gaming laptop, which is an Asus M16 2021 edition, it died. <laughs> so and it's the crazy thing about it dying is it died literally before I was supposed to do a podcast uh, for the other show that I'm on with my wife, um, podcast across worlds. We were about to do the biggest interview for that show or second biggest one. Um, and technically the first uh, joint we've done together uh, for that show or now actually it's the second joint. So third biggest podcast we've ever done together with the voice of uh, Tomo from Tomo Chan's a girl, none other than Lexi Nieto. So we literally an hour before that podcast, that laptop died. So I'm not using some of the stuff I usually use like NVIDIA broadcast for background blur as far as like noise reduction as well, because typically my toddler, you know, her TV shows are on and then you got the air conditioner behind me and you got the fan blowing. So usually I use that to make sure all that sound and, you know, it's not showing as messy as it can be because my toddler, my pets, but, um, I'm using right now the Acer Aspire or Acer Swift three, uh, big shout out to Acer for quickly sending this over to me. I'm also working on a full review for this laptop as well, but they sent this over to me Say, hey, you know, the, along with a monitor and another laptop as well. So I'm working on those uh, reviews for those as well. And so I'm using this. It doesn't have a dedicated graphics card on it, but uh, I'm using OBS to record the podcast. And also, it, you know, I'm using 
various filters. So I'm using a filter to do a background blur. And I'm also using a filter for noise reduction or noise rejection. So if my voice sounds very processed, it's because I'm using that. And I promise, guys, I'm going to get to a point where I can get this just completely leveled out. But it's a work in progress. And I appreciate you guys rocking with me until we get that settled. But anyways, that's the backstory on that. I just wanted to let you guys know if I sound different or if this is constantly autofocusing, it's because of the filter that I'm using is still learning what it needs to do. So here's what it is. If you're watching this in video format, you can see the couch behind me, the table. Yeah, I had to make a makeshift because it's hot here in Hawaii. I had to do a makeshift uh, window seal for the uh, portable air conditioner that we were using. So if you see all that, hey, it just is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> it, I can't say anything else. But um, other than that, let's go ahead and talk about uh, Steam Deck news and coverage. Uh, you may notice that I have, I don't know if I talked about it in the last episode, but I did take off the screen, or not the screen, but the um, the skin that I had, the Gundam skin that I had from Pop, uh, I forget the name of them, Pop something. Um, so I took that off, and I am basically right now just no skin, no case, no nothing. I'm My Steam Deck in its default state is how I'm using it right now. And uh, I got a bunch of skins from JSOX that I do plan to do videos on and, you know, kind of uh, do various things. It's just really hard trying to get around to doing video footage because it's rare. Like right now, my wife is off with our daughter shopping at the store. So it's one of the few rare moments where I actually get the time to sit and work on content. And there's a lot of things that I'm working on, including this podcast. So I'm probably going to do a video putting on a skin and showcasing the different skins that it has. But anyways, um, what I want to talk about, I want to kick it off with the, uh, over the weekend, I've seen a lot of videos go up from various uh, Steam Deck creators, many I've had on this podcast itself. There's a lot of clickbait. Um, and it's very interesting because you know, the, the, the running theme right now is Nintendo hates the steam deck or, you know, and the reason that they're running with this is because Nintendo rumored, I don't know if this has been officially confirmed or not. Nintendo is never going to like officially step out and say that they're doing something, but the running rumor is that Nintendo worked or, you know, they spoke with Microsoft and they talked to Microsoft to remove all emulators for the dev mode for the Xbox Series S and X, because that was a thing where you could put the Series S and X into developer, uh, the developer mode. And basically by doing that, you're able to run emulators on your Xbox. And so like running the PlayStation 2, you know, uh, GameCube and Wii and all these other things, they would run pretty flawlessly on the Xbox. And if anyone knows, I mean, this is not exclusive to Nintendo. They're probably the most uh, cutthroat when it comes to emulation. So and it's kind of one of the reasons they don't work with me, because I've done guides on emulation for the deck and whatnot. The Nintendo Ninjas will shut down a lot of that. But uh, the the running theme is that only Nintendo does this. Like no other company uh, 
has this type of stance on emulation. And a lot of people feel certain ways about that because a lot of Nintendo games are born and die on specific Nintendo platforms. Like a lot of 3DS games aren't coming to the Switch. A lot of Game Boy Advance games are kind of trickling out, but they're not coming to, you know, the more modern platform being the Switch. Same thing with DS, 64, Super Nintendo, NES. Unless it's specific curated things for their Nintendo Switch Online service, even then, when you look at the robust libraries that Nintendo has on each of its platforms, yes, Nintendo 64 included, Ogre Battle 64, I'm looking at you, a lot of things are just not there. So I understand the frustration a lot of people have with Nintendo and the desire to make their games more accessible. But piracy is piracy. I'm never going to tell people, go out and emulate stuff. Go here, go here, go the romance of the CD or the CD of the romance. (laughs) Find your ROMs and ISOs and stuff like that. But, you know, you do what you do. Because I, I don't give a damn what you do with your hardware. If you pay for it, you do whatever the hell you want to do with it. Um, but Nintendo is not the only company that will come at people for emulation. Capcom will do it too. Uh, various other companies. It, Sega doesn't care. But, I mean, Sega doesn't care about a lot of stuff. But a lot of companies will do that. So the narrative being pushed with, by Steam Deck content creators is the emulation for Nintendo stuff. And a lot of this seems to stem from the fact a lot of these Steam Deck creators are new to content creating. A lot of them are new to the rapid fame that they're getting because a lot of people have now made a living off of Steam Deck content creating, even if it's, to to be completely honest, even if they're just basically throwing a video out there, throwing shit out there that isn't informative. It's a hot trending topic. They were doing it. A lot of us are doing it before the big name folks got into it, before it was in readily available in a lot of people's hands. So it is what it is. I see it for what it is. You know, I've been in this content creating game for a very long time to see a lot of the bullshit. I know I got like some people mad at me because like, they're like, oh, you complain about other creators. I'm not complaining about other creators. I see the bullshit tactics that creators do. And it's to garner views. Views create money. Controversy creates cash that people can go and live off. So Steam Deck creators are no different than Switch folks. You know, there's a lot of people that built whole careers around Nintendo Switch. Same thing with Xbox, same thing with PlayStation, same thing with PC, same thing. With iPhones, Android, everything. This is just, it is what it is. It's not new. And so the narrative is that Nintendo hates the Steam Deck. And, and, you know, do I think personally Nintendo cares? And I I will answer this because I have a lot of friends that work in Nintendo on the development side of things, as well as the PR side and all this. Nintendo doesn't really care about the Steam Deck. It is not something that is eating into their market. As much as people think that Nintendo may fear it, Nintendo has this or that. Nintendo is a very Japanese company that is very protective of their intellectual properties. It is what it is. Can you be mad at them for being that way? No. Why would you be? 
they're going to protect their stuff. Um, and if they're going to reshare it, they're going to make sure you're spending that money. <laughs> you know, you want to play these classic Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color 64, and, you know, Super Nintendo and NES games, but you don't have the original hardware? Well, guess what? You can pay for Nintendo Switch Online and then get the expansion pack, and there you go. They're going to make you pay that money. Nintendo will be getting their money regardless of how much people bitch and whine and complain about them and the switch tax and however their business model is, people are going to spend that money because it's Nintendo. They got that kind of clout. That's what it is, what it is. So it's just interesting seeing that so many are running with this clickbait titles. And I've gotten to a point now where, and and this is not me throwing, I kind of am throwing shade, but I'm at a point now where I don't really watch other Steam Deck content creators anymore just because a lot of it is fluff, right? You know, it's more or less of, hey, I need to put out a video. Let me just throw some shit together. There you go. People, they'll watch it. You know, it's it's kind of a cult of personality thing where people will just dive into it. So I, I don't watch really, I, I may skim across it, but I don't, I'm not the way I was before. I met a lot of these folks and got to know a lot of them uh, where I was actively looking because it was like, oh, but we're all, you know, creating content around Steam Deck. And then you just see how like, oh, well, hmm, this is your, your intent behind it. Like I've had many of <clears throat> Steam Deck creators uh, basically, you know, you know, hit me up in Discord and other places about uh what should they cover? The gaming news, like, hey, I, I want to talk about this stuff so I can do a video on it because I don't really know what's trending, what's popular, and this isn't this as far as the gaming space. I don't have access to getting review copies of stuff like you. So I want to shadow you, learn from you, get all this stuff from you. There's nothing in it for you. And this is actually a legit conversation I've had before with many Steam Deck folks. And it's just interesting. And and this is because, like, again, I've been in this for so long. I, I see it for what it is. I'm like, all right, you think just because you have more followers than me, you can do this. All right, fine, whatever. I don't care. I'm getting paid. I get paid from this podcast. Shout out to Spotify for sponsoring it. Many other folks. Turtle Beach for also, you know, neat microphones. I got sponsors. Regardless of my subscriber account, follower account, your boy's getting paid. I'm getting paid either way. So, you know, it, it's just interesting uh, seeing that. And going back to my original point of these things that content creators with the, the clickbait saying Nintendo and emulation, Nintendo and Steam Deck, <laughs> again, Nintendo doesn't care. It's just you're only playing their shit, their games on their platform, and you're going to pay that premium regardless. That's how they are. Or you can go to eBay or whatever off market and, and get original hardware and play your stuff. But other than that, they don't care. Now, I emulate. I got my analog pocket. I've done emulation on that, emulation on my Steam Deck. You know, I've jailbroken various consoles, Switch, Wii, Wii U. I don't care. Like, you do what you want to do. I'm, I got with anything I emulate, I also have a physical copy of as well. So, you know, there's that. But yeah, I think that's very interesting with the Steam Deck creators. That that's the narrative. 
it gets you to click on it, right? <laughs> I mean, look at look at uh, what's the company? Um, D Brands. I haven't worked with them. I have no working relationship with D Brand. They work with everybody else. They don't work with me. But it's interesting how, like, even if you look at their marketing, their marketing revolves around the you know comparing the Steam Deck to the Switch. Project Kill Switch or Kill Switch, you know, all this other stuff because it gets people to click on it. That's what it is. It's it's shock value, and people play into it. Again, I'm not mad at anyone doing it. For the Steam Deck creators that do this method for marketing, it's brilliant marketing because you know there are people that click on it. They you know they're gonna get paid. Fine. You do what you do, but it's for anyone who just wants the real, if you want to know like what's really going on, Nintendo don't give a fuck. They don't care. They're not bothered. It, when you have a console that starts eating into the sales of the Switch, then Nintendo will care. Right now, no. No console. Not even the PS5 as well as it's doing. It's not eating it to the switch. It just is what it is. So don't buy into the bull. Understand what it is, but don't buy into it. If that makes any sense. Um, speaking of that, as far as like um, other stuff when it comes to like seeing that content creators and stuff that that's out there. Uh, like I said, I don't really actively watch anyone anymore because I I just don't care. <laughs> but that also is not just specific to Steam Deck content creators. Like I don't watch other gaming like YouTubers, even ones I'm friends with. I don't watch them just because it's like, eh, you know, it's like content creating is work. I know my camera is like it's it's trying to autofocus. But content creating is work, and for me, in my spare time, and the little time I get when I'm not with my toddler, or even when I am with my toddler, I'm just at a point where I'm like, do I want to watch someone else's take on this, or do I want to have it myself, break it down, do my review, do my video, write my article, whatever, and just go about my day? So typically for me, if I'm not diving into stuff, for the Steam Deck or, you know, looking up news or, or, you know, on top of that, or even like doing product reviews or product articles or game reviews or anything like that. I'm watching anime. I'm reading manga. I'm watching wrestling. I'm doing things that I want to enjoy. So that's just where I'm at. It, it just, and, you know, because I've been in this thing, like I said, I, I see so much of the bullshit of the content creating side of things after watching certain creators for a while, I, I see what it is. Like if you see a creator lean very heavily into something, it's because YouTube is pushing that with the algorithm. They're making money off of it. And a lot of them don't know how to pivot. So they'll stick it. And they'll just stay with it. There's a lot of steam deck folks that would love to do other content, but because steam deck has gotten them recognition, they've leaned so heavily into it to the point they're stuck in the fucking corner and don't know how to do anything else. Now, granted, sticking with certain things when it comes to content creating will allow you to grow rapidly, but the, the problem with that is you're stuck in that corner. 
So if you pivot, like I pivot a lot, I can do heavily into reactions for video game stuff, uh, you know, specifically fighting games. I can do podcasts and shorts. Like right now, my heavy lean is in shorts because the platform and all platforms right now are heavily pushing shorts. And if you're not doing shorts, you're fucking up. So, you know, I'm leaning heavily into that. I put more time into that than I do traditional videos and podcasts. But that's where the money's at. You know, it's just, um, like I say, if you see creators lean heavily into certain things, there's a reason for it. I mean, it's financial primarily um but it is what it is it's not something to be mad about but other than that uh getting going to steam deck stuff i want to talk about also the uh so i've had a lot of companies over the months over the last year or so i get well months because let's say post jsox's first doc and then you started seeing competitor docs come out so i've had companies reach out to me to review docs and i know a lot of you at this point probably either have the official jsox you know you got the jsox doc or the official doc from valve or you've got a dongle or you've got you know whatever doc works for you or or hub so when companies are now hitting me up about reviewing this new spangled doc that they have which is basically from an OEM. They use, you know, a lot of these companies use the same OEM and just have their logo slapped on it. So when I have companies hit me up within the last four to five months about it, I've been turning down a lot of docs because there's nothing different about any of them. You know, differences in specs. Maybe some will have a USB 3.0 or the USB 3.1 or 3.2. But beyond that, I mean, we already got the 4K60, which is a standard across the board. You know, you got your Ethernet, gig Ethernet built into it. And then you've got three USB ports. Some have DisplayPort. A bunch of them now have VGA, which is weird. I'm like, I, okay, that, that does make you stand out. But who's using, who's actually using that? at this point so you know i i'm at a point where i don't care to do reviews on docs anymore because there's nothing new about them there's nothing unless there's a doc that can support vrr which none of them have come out with and we have capture cards now that can support vrr capture yeah i i'm (laughs) i'm turning down all of them um even ones that are like oh we'll pay you and the reason I turned those down is because there's no market for doing a video on that now. Like there was five, six, seven months ago because it was the new thing. There's no point in doing that now. And I just don't bother with it. So, yeah, I've been turning that down. Now, what I am interested in covering, and I wish more companies would put specific focus on this and that would be controllers so i you know i i work with a lot of companies i work with playstation i'm a playstation partner you know i work with razor i work with vitrix i work with power a pdp 
And, you know, when these controllers are coming out, my thing is like, I want to find the perfect controller for the Steam Deck. You know, what I can use when I dock and I just want to pull out a controller and use it. Now, I know Gilly Kid has the King Kong 2. I don't have that. I don't have worked with Gilly Kid, but I'm very interested in going and picking up that controller, especially with the Hall Effect sensors that that has. And then I'm also very interested in, um, what's the other one? Um, 8-bit do you know they've got two different controllers one with the switch layout that bluetooth as well as usb and they've also got one that's specifically for with the uh the xbox layout and i'm very interested in those and those are ones that i'm definitely looking at picking up because i would love to try those out you know because i'm just looking for that controller like i have a controller for every other platform i have i got one specifically for pc like I've got this controller here, I can pull it out without knocking anything over. This is the um Power A Fusion Pro controller. I've got this one, I've also got the upgraded one, which is the uh Pro 2. I've also got you know the various Vitrix Pro controllers. I've used those. I've got the Dual Sense Edge that Sony sent me. Love that controller. And I've got the Razer Wolverine V2 Pro on the way that I'm going to be doing a review on on that as well. And various ones from Power A and, you know, various other companies. And I'm always looking for different controllers that might just hit different. They might just be the one. And I think with Steam Deck and, you know, because of the portable nature, but because of the capability of docking it and utilizing multiple controllers we need more companies specifically marketing their controllers for the steam deck i know it's universal every platform playstation xbox and switch controllers work with it as well as usb and wire you know wireless and wired usb but why aren't companies specifically marketing their controller for it retro fighters that's the company i work with as well i'd love the folks over there they send me controllers all the time and they have um a duke style controller or actually is it duke style or is it a 360 i think it's a 360 style controller is coming out that i'm very interested in and i know they're going to send it to me you know anytime they have a new controller out i usually cover it but their that controller is really impressive to me and because it has an xbox layout I want that. I think, it, is it the, I don't know. It's not that it's a Duke controller. It's a wireless Duke controller it has Bluetooth capability. And that's something that I want to use on deck. I want a specific Xbox layout for the deck. And so that's one, as soon as I come in, I'm going to do a video on that and show, you know, showing how that works. They got other ones, like ones they've made for like the PlayStation three ones for like the switch. Like I got one for the switch that I'm working on a review on this one right here from Nixie. You know, this is a great controller that works with Steam Deck as well as Switch and it's a GameCube layout. And it's one that, you know, I, I, I think that's something companies, I know a lot of you guys listen to the podcast and watch my videos and whatnot. That's an angle. That's a free marketing angle that you guys could dive into that people would be very interested in. Because I get asked that question, how does this controller work with the deck? You know, is it effortless? Plug and play and be done with it. Is it hard to pair it? That's, that's something. You know, when, when I was in the store, I, I went to, um, we have book off out here in Hawaii. 
So I went to book off yesterday and I saw two steam controllers. Now I, I don't know what happened to my steam controller. I'm thinking about going back to that store when I get paid later this week and purchasing both of them. They're about 40 bucks a pop. And I'm like, I'll be using with the steam deck. Now they're not, I mean, they're comfortable controllers, but they're not this, you know, they're not the elite fusion elite wireless or elite controller. But I would like to have them for the sake of, hey, I got a Steam Deck. My wife got one. You know, if we want to sit and play some co-op games, boom, there you go. So I'm thinking of going picking it up. And I think Valve needs to make a controller specific for the Steam Deck. I think there's money in that, you know. Um, make a Steam controller, too. I think it would work. So, and, and that's just an angle. I don't know why companies are not running with that, because that's... That's an angle. Companies are always looking for new angles. I just gave you one. <laughs> you know, market your stuff specifically for the Steam Deck, especially ones that have um, Gilly Kid anti or you know, like the the not Gilly Kid, but Hall uh, uh, Effect sensors in them. Market that shit. Push that because people would buy it. That's, that's my thoughts on that. I don't know why people, why companies are not doing that because that's that's money left on the table that they could have. Stop with all the docs. You know, if you want to keep making them cool, but y'all need to go and start getting the OEM, the Gilly Kit, and and Eight Bit Do have, and start making controllers specific to that for the deck and market it that way. There's money for that. So, you know. That's that's uh, that's something, and hopefully, y'all remember me when you decide to start marketing. It's like, hey, yo, Mikel came up with the idea. But other than that, um, other things I want to talk about as far as like Steam games, uh, something I've been playing this week. I've been playing Seafood and working on my review for that for Steam. I previously reviewed it the Epic Game Store version, and I was part of the beta testing for that too. So I'm excited. I've been loving playing on deck. Been diving back into Callisto Protocol and Dead Space Remake. And um, also Resident Evil 4 Remake as well. I've been enjoying that thoroughly on deck. I, I typically find myself going between PlayStation 5 and Steam Deck, you know, on a daily basis. But yeah, like Callisto Protocol is running so much better on deck. Yeah, it doesn't look as great as it could, but it runs a lot better. I've definitely been enjoying it. I've only run into like two instances where maybe my deck overheated and it just forced shut itself down and I had to manually power it back on. But yeah, it's only happened twice so far with Callisto Protocol. But, you know, the fact that that's verified, and that was a game that was running jankily at launch and now it's been fixed it man i've just been enjoying that and then resident evil 4 remake oh my god that game is so good so much versatility in that game man i just absolutely loving it um you know i played a lot of resident evil 4 back in 05 on the gamecube when it came out and i loved it picked it up again on playstation 2 in 06 endlessly played i think i beat that on i I 100% that back in the day, which is something I can't even imagine doing now. But I did back in the day, and I absolutely love that game. Picked it up again on the Wii for the Wii edition, which was a definitive edition. And now I'm looking at getting the Quest 
uh, was it the MetaQuest VR2? And I'm picking it up on there because they got the VR version of that. And I'm like, hey, I, I want to play that too. But just like, it's amazing to me that Resident Evil 4 can be on everything and sell gangbusters, regardless of the platform, and then come out on, like, with a remake. And that remake is selling like gangbusters, too. Like, Capcom has a formula. And for those of you who haven't played, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but basically it alludes to they're possibly going to do a remake of Resident Evil 5. Which, you know, I was talking to one of the WayForward developers that uh, is a friend of mine. We were actually, you know, he's really, you know, really heavy into Resident Evil. You know, check him out if you haven't on Twitter, Jeremy Pryor. Um, we were talking about the reason for the remakes and why they're a good thing and why they're not. But one of the good things is, you got a lot of people that have hopped on with the Resident Evil 2 remake, play 3 remake, they're playing 4 remake, they're playing 7, they're playing 8. Some are giving 5 and 6 a chance, but what's bad about them, even though you're drawing in all these fans with these remakes, these same fans, these newer ones, are not going to hop in. They still won't give Resident Evil 1 remake a chance. A lot of people want... um they want remake one remake remade again in the style of resident evil two three and four remake i'm not against that but i feel like because it has been remade it should be left as is but if they do remake it in the re engine i think the good part of that is they're tightening up the continuity because you look at the Resident Evils before, like you had so many different people. You had Shinji Mikami, you had uh, Hideki Kamiya. You had so many different people hopping in and making Resident Evil titles. And tonally and lore-wise, it's all over the place. But what they've been able to do with the remakes is they're being able to condense everything down Removing a lot of stuff. They're not a one-to-one -one remake, but like a remake doesn't need to be one-to-one. -one. It you know, if you want a one-to-one, -one, make it a remaster, not a remake. But they've been able to basically streamline the, the plot. And I could see them redoing remake in RE Engine or Resident Evil 1 remake in RE Engine. And I wouldn't be against that. I think it would actually if I'm not completely for it, but I'm not entirely against it. And I think it would do good. I think it would, if they really lean heavily into the horror aspect, I think it could be really great. But we need to get Code Veronica because that needs to be remade desperately. That is very crucial in being the ending point of the original trilogy and the true sequel to Resident Evil 2 because Resident Evil 3, y'all may or may not know Resident Evil 3 is always a spinoff that got the three title and Code Veronica was Capcom making up to Sega for not putting Resident Evil 2 on the Saturn so technically Code Veronica was meant to be three but it wasn't 
officially made three and a lot of people write it off as not canonical or spinoff but it's very much a mainline title it's not a side story and i think if we're going to remake resident evil 5 you really need code veronica to really set up you know as well as the original resident evil to understand the dynamic between chris redfield and albert wesker because that's very very crucial lore wise but yeah um I'm not against it. So if they want to remake one, definitely. If they remake zero, it needs to be from the ground up. Act online co-op, local co-op. Redo that one. That needs from the ground up to be remade. Code Veronica needs to be remade. And we need to start moving forward. Because as much as the remakes are doing great, you can't focus solely on that. Like, I feel like there's more marketing that went into Remake than went into Resident Evil 7, or 8, rather. So, yeah, let's move forward. You can remake 5, you can remake 1, remake 0. But let's start looking forward to Resident Evil 9, right? Let's start looking towards that. Let's start looking at Revelations 3, which needs to happen. That's, you know, let's let's bring some stuff in and, and, and... focus on the future we can't keep retreading that's one of the, the issues with the gaming industry now it's, it's too many damn remakes so we we need to uh find a way to move forward as a in collective industry remakes are great i get it the, the not so much as they're quick and easy but you know people are going to buy them you know that it allows you to do things that the original devs struggle with the hardware that they had at the time but we're we're there are too many remakes that are out there now so it's time to move forward and all i'm saying all that says make sure your games going forward day one should run on deck and portable pcs so yeah <laughs> that's one of the things i i just want to say that so um other than that I really got nothing else. I hope y'all had a great Easter. You know, nothing really conventional with my Easter. This was a busy weekend, constantly dealing with computers and tech issues. But uh, hopefully when we come back on Friday, there'll be some new gaming news I can talk about, you know. But uh, as it is, this is, you know, I'm shooting from the hip on this episode. Hopefully y'all like it. If y'all don't, y'all can be vocal and let me know. You know, I, I don't take any of this personally. But hopefully y'all enjoyed this episode. If you're watching the video format, like I said, like, share, comment, subscribe. Let me know how you feel about it. Listening to it in audio format, then interact with the polls. Let's get some conversation going and leave a rating because that's the thing right there. And, and let us know what you want to see because that is the most pivotal part. With all that being said, I'm signing out. Hopefully y'all have a great aloha and blessed rest of your day. And uh, yeah, that's this episode decked up. I'll see y'all on the next one, probably with a guest. I, I'm going to let y'all know I will be doing an interview with one of my really good friends, close friends of the family, Nick Apostolides. Y'all know him as Leon S. Kennedy, Resident Evil 2 and 4 Remake. I interviewed him back when Resident Evil 2 Remake came out, and um, I'll be having him on for Resident Evil 4 Remake. So hopefully y'all enjoy that. And uh, other than that, I'll see y'all on the next one. Peace out.